Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Survivor Now podcast. And as always, my name is Randy. I am the host, but my co-host, Abraham, is nowhere to be found this week. I sent him to the outpost, so he's definitely going to come back with some type of idol or clue or something. Uh, We'll touch base with him next week when we are covering the finale. I know it's already the finale. It's coming up really fast on us here. But today I have an amazing replacement, like a very strategic replacement for him today as well. And I'm excited to hear his thoughts on his good friend, Dino, who uh, was kind of a focal point this week. So today I have from season five, South Africa, Immunity Island. He finished, wait, it wasn't season five. Sorry. You finished fifth place, not season five. I mixed it up there. (laughs) He finished fifth place. So even better. I got Kieran Nadu and he is also a fellow podcaster, host of the Self Starters podcast. So uh, Kieran, how are you doing today, man? Randy, thanks so much for, for having me. Let me tell you, when you said I was on season five, given how the season fivers have done on this season, I was more than happy to be thrown in uh, with them. They are absolutely cleaning up at this point. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Very excited to be here. I'm shocked you did not like cut me off immediately because it took me a second. And that that's like a that's like a normal thing here. Sometimes it's like, I get it ready. I'm ready to go. I'm like, I know what I'm going to say. I have this grand introduction and then I just fumble my words somehow. But, uh, which season, uh, number were you on again? Cause I know there was a couple seasons and then South Africa stopped for a while and then came back. So was so, it, uh, season eight, season eight, the, season the, eight, the last season right. before this. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to choose, would you rather keep your fifth place or go on season five now that the option is out there? <laughs> I, I would I would keep my fifth place, to be honest. I'd keep my fifth place. I think I'm a bit intimidated by the players on season five. And <laughs> I have a, a lot of loyalty to, to Afrikaans, who's the production company that does Survivor South Africa. And they've been doing it only since season six. Oh, wow. So, to be, so yeah, I, I would keep my fifth place. 
Okay, that's that's fair. Well, before we get into like the survivor side of things, because I know I'm sure you talk so much survivor. Anytime someone notices you in public, it's probably right down to the point survivor. Uh, but I want to talk about your self-starters podcast, because while doing my research, you know, I want to know the guests that I have coming on to the show. I looked into this podcast and it's something that I can really get behind. I'm sure you will be oh, able to put it in too. Yeah, oh, yeah, no problem. And I mean that because it's kind of what I did with this show. You know, you're probably going to be able to put it in much better words than I can. So I'll let you explain it real quick to our viewers here in a minute. But it's something that I started with this show a year ago. I just started on my phone, just a headset, you know, one of those wireless headsets in my kitchen. No one else was with me, no guests, nothing. And I was just talking to like the wall talking about survivor and now you know over the past year uh the dedication that i've put into it and stuff it just continues to grow so i really get behind the message of what you're saying is you know how are you going to get yourself mm. to where you want to be so if you can elaborate on that and i definitely want everyone else to go check out uh kieran's show here because it, it, it's a good message behind it thanks randy um yeah i've i've always been one a person who has a lot of ideas but i've never really done anything with them and i think over time there's been a lot of frustration that builds up and if you're someone like me who's who's worked in corporate so you're going the conventional route of getting a degree and then working in corporate i think you have i guess points of reflection maybe twice a week where you're like what am i actually doing with my life is this is this the point of it all um and through that, uh, I really started thinking about, you know, how do other people actually take their ideas and turn it into something that's successful? And, and too often, the, the idea of success is a Mark Zuckerberg or a Jeff Bezos or yeah. something that is exceptionally grand. Um, and, you know, it's not even something that the 1% gets. It's the 0.001%. Yeah, like that and super high ceiling. Yeah, exactly. And if we don't have an idea that matches that, we're very quick to just discard it and carry on. But there are so many small entrepreneurs and people who have done really remarkable things that I think are worth, to, I guess, highlighting and speaking to them to show just how much satisfaction and how, I guess, successful you can be without even going near those upper echelons. It's almost your everyday person who is, I guess, attaining success by themselves. So exactly to your point of, of what you've done with the podcast, that's a massive success. You know, you don't have to be a, a Joe Rogan to be a successful podcaster. And I think that's where the self starters was born out of. I think I, I struggle with a lot of imposter syndrome. So unless I feel I'm going to be the expert in something, I'm very, uh, I'm very slow to venture into something else. And the process of doing the self starters just showed me that the, the more you do something, you're going to master it in your own way. And it's not about reaching the upper echelon or what you perceive to be the upper echelon. It's about self-mastery and, and improving yourself and, and just going out and trying new things. Otherwise, you're always going to, to limit yourself. Love how you put that. What is your goal? Because I struggled with that a lot, not only with the podcast, but you know, outside of here acting and modeling and stuff. And I just had that realization. Uh, I had shoulder surgery this year. So there was like five months where I couldn't work and I was just you know mm. sitting at home. And it was a lot of time for me to reflect on things and say where am I at in my life right now? You know, where, where are my finances at? And it's something I never thought of before until you had that moment until, you know, I was absolutely no money in the account. Cause I haven't been working and stuff that you really start to realize, man, did I have it good? You know, I was someone who, mm. who didn't 
you know, might be a little bit lazy worker in their day job. You know, I just serve. That's my day job thing. So I might be giving up a lot of shifts here and there because, you know, I just want to go out, drink with friends, have fun, you know, low 20s, 24 year old. So I'm in that kind of party phase. And when when I was out, it was kind of like, man, it, it was a wake up call. When I get back, what am I going to do to get me to where I want to be? And, you know, I currently live in Indiana. And mm-hmm. that's not the epicenter of acting. You know, I need to be in New York or California or Atlanta and, and work towards that. So that's why I really love and I, I do plan. I, I genuinely mean this. I do plan on listening to the show because it's a message that I really get behind is where do I want to be? And that's another thing I'm kind of I used to compare myself to man, my, the other friends at my agency, where are they at? You know, they're doing all these movies and I'm trying to be like them on their level and stuff like that. And it's kind of dial it back. Don't look at what other people are doing. Where do you want to be personally? Um, That's exactly it. And, you know, I've, I've used a lot of YouTubers as inspiration because one of the great things about YouTube is it keep, you keep your archive of where you started. So a great, like a great example for me is always looking at Mr. Beast. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. Like, Looking yeah, way back. You, then. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you look at it at his first videos, you, no one would ever think he'd be, uh, you know, a YouTuber with, I guess, the second individual with 100 million subscribers because he was, I guess, shocking at the beginning, very nervous, you know, but he had a deep underlying passion. And I guess start, starting anything is, is it's almost like a sport. So I, I have a, a big love for sport and I've played sport my whole life. Um, oh, which sport and, yeah, did I you mean, play? Sorry, just to interrupt there. <laughs> none, none, none of the, none of the, the ones that are big in America. So a lot yeah, of cricket, okay, a, lot, a lot of, a lot of football, which you guys would call soccer. Love um, it, love and, it. And, athle- and athletics. So I used to be a sprinter. And it's starting a venture is much like playing a sport. You know, when you first start off, you're not really good. But if you put in the, the time and the effort and, and, you know, you slowly build up over time, you're going to get better and better and better. Um, and a lot of the time when we look into a business, you see the end goal. So if you think of Facebook where it is today, it's very different from where it started off, you know, in a dorm room in Harvard. But it's so hard to remind yourself of that. <laughs> However, with YouTube, what's great is if you can go back into the annals of time and look at Mr. Beast's first videos where he's playing, I think he was playing Call of Duty or something ridiculous and, you know, just talking and you're like, this doesn't sound like Jimmy Donaldson at all you know and like where's his presence where's any of that and what you realize it's just consistency and over time as you get better and better you you're able to open up new avenues and different ways of doing things like i have no doubt randy in a, in a year's time uh your setup and and the look and feel of the podcast can be very different as you keep fingers doing crossed. it right <laughs> yeah, yeah fingers crossed um so where can everyone check out your podcast i know you have a youtube channel correct so they can go there and check it out uh, so it's on then- youtube Google, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or Perfect. I guess Apple Podcasts. And then you can also find me on Instagram. Awesome. So wherever yeah. you catch your podcast. Yeah, pretty much sure, anywhere. Yeah, make sure to check it out. It, it, it's a good show. Um, so I listened to a little bit right before we got on here, actually, as well, while I was, you know, buying the time, test the equipment out. So I was kind of listening to it. So it's a good listen. Oh, thanks, Definitely man. check it out. So are you ready to get into what was a crazy week in Survivor South Africa? Yeah, and how are you enjoying the season so far? You know, being it someone is, who has seen yeah. every season. Uh, without a doubt, it's my favorite season so far. Yeah, it's it's amazing watching the show. And, and I, I, who was I telling? I can't remember. It was one of the castaways. I was saying, 
it is the first time since playing Survivor myself that I've truly been able to be a fan again watching it. Because when you play it, you almost you look behind the curtain, you have an understanding of how things work. You know, and maybe there's also a bit of a, a grieving mourning period that, that you go through. You don't enjoy Survivor the way you used to, especially if you're a super, super fan. Um, so I've after season eight, I watched um, the US Survivors 41 and 42, and I didn't enjoy it as much as I usually did. So I, I thought, you know, is it just a case of I can't watch Survivor the same now that I've played? But this season has been ridiculous. It has been so fun and so good. And you can see the, the level at which the castaways are playing is very, very different. Um, for the previous seasons, you know, there's always been a thing of, oh, well, Survivor South Africa, it's like taking, uh, I guess, um, a mirror and looking all the way back um, to Survivor US in, in the early days. You know, a lot of loyalty, a lot of people being upset when they've been betrayed or lied to. And that is completely the opposite of what we're seeing this season. <laughs> I mean, these guys really came out to play. So I, I'm loving it. Uh, it. It's been so great. So you tell me, because I came into this and, you know, the people listening, they they are aware of this. I've said it multiple times. I had a chance before this season. This is the first season we're covering of Survivor South Africa. I could have went back and watched every single season. And I thought about it. I said, I really need to know these people because it is a returning season. But I'll be honest. So I haven't I haven't watched your season because mm -hmm. I also saw it as an opportunity. I said, I may be the only podcast may, you know, podcast covering this that has no knowledge of any of the castaways. So I went in cold Turkey. And while I do plan on going back and watching all the seasons, I, I think it gives me a whole new perspective on everyone. Cause I didn't know, you know, what to expect out of Shane. I predicted Shane was going to be the first one out just because of his age. I'm like, the age is probably going to play against him. And now like seeing how like cunning he is and how well of a speaker he is or how good, excuse me, you can tell I'm not a well speaker. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, telling how good of a speaker he is, you know, learning these castaways for the first time, I think it's given me a, a side of the game that I really appreciate where other people, you know, they know kind of what to expect with them coming in, which not saying they don't have a different side of things to appreciate, you know, they can appreciate the growth and how uh, the castaways have changed. Uh, but I think look, it's a great angle that you, yeah. that you have. Yeah, I, you know, I, like I think a lot of people won't won't know these people from mm -hmm. their past season. So so that that insight and and I guess first glimpse into how you perceive them based off nothing, I think it is is a really is a really good way of of enticing listeners in. Well, what it, it what it has solidified for me is I love Survivor South Africa. <laughs> but I was gonna say, so you're telling me every season's not like this because this season's been and we saw it a lot here. I mean, people going for each other's throats, backstabbing. Uh, so is this a norm in Survivor South Africa or, or is it just taken to a whole new level? So I would say that if this is, let's just say this is 120% of gameplay, season eight. So the previous season, which I was on, was at about 100%. So it was a lot of gameplay. You know, the typical term of, you know, just a ton of game bots running around. <laughs> All they do every day is just strategize. So season eight, season nine, I'd say is very strategic focused season six and season seven are less so so that's more looking into uh i guess your older versions of the u.s survivor there's a lot more loyalty there's a lot more like crazy characters that yeah. come out there's not that's not to say there's not some amazing strategic players i think um i won't say which season because i won't spoil it but one of one of them have i think one of the greatest if not the greatest uh survivor players to come out of south africa and then season five is crazy also, 
but it, it was under a different production company. So there are also just crazy twists that um, pretty much run the entire course of the season. They have sports stars on the show that act as mentors to the different uh, tribes, which is uh, very wacky. So it's like a sports pirate theme. <laughs> something different. Season. I kind of like it. <laughs> something very different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into where we left off. So if you guys don't remember, because, you know, there's a lot of Survivor here. We get four episodes a week. It's a lot of content to take in. Uh, last thing that happened is the Meryl vote off, which was crazy. She played uh, her advantage, but not for herself, which kind of did her in. She sent Marion packing. So we find Marion is kind of feeling shocked about went down. We catch up with her back at camp and she is feeling excited and sure enough everyone comes back no Meryl she is feeling on top of the world and we're going to get into a lot of Marianne's game coming up uh and Shane kind of says look it's a whole new game everybody is open we are down to the final seven so Kieran what stage of the game being someone who's played the game would you say the game tends to elevate to a whole new level it's go time would you say about final seven or would you say maybe later on I'd say eight, eight or seven is is when you you reach a new period of fluidity. So so how I like to to almost think of the game is you go through stable periods where you know what the alliances are, who's drawn lines where, and that's generally fairly consistent for two or three votes, and then you hit a period of turbulence or fluidity and things shake up. At around eight, uh, I guess the first vote vote of merge you you almost want to set the scene it's the it's the the table setting vote of who's in the dominant alliance and who's not and that generally lasts for for two or three maybe four votes and then you hit that period of of turbulence and then things become very fluid so shane's 100 right like this is where things start changing and what's crazy is as we've seen with modern survivor it doesn't stop is <laughs> yeah. what you really saw once the fluidity hits here there's no more period of stability um and I mean, over the course of, uh, I guess, these four episodes, you really see just how much turbulence there is and remains. It's kind of the end of the alliance. And that, and that's something that, or the alliance part of the game, that's something that we've seen more in modern day Survivor is yes. these voting blocks and how no one really fully trusts anyone. And we, we see some voting blocks here. You have Phil and Felix, you have Marion and Dino who have really have an understanding. You kind of have Shane and Killarney in a way, but it's a little bit more mushy with their relationship there. Uh, and then funny thing about Killarney, which was my next point. I, Killarney, if you're listening to this, I look forward to speaking with you. I mean this the nicest way possible, but she's got this in her mind that she is initiating all these ideas and there's one point in particular, she's speaking with Felix and saying, hey, I'm happy you finally came up to me. You know, I've got a pretty good resume. I'm responsible for this. And Felix is just not buying anything. And, and Kieran, I, I laugh every time she says it because, you know, we have a different perspective. Obviously, mm -hmm. in her mind, she's like, I'm running these. I've said these things. They're my vote offs. But we're seeing that she's about a day at least behind everybody else, or at least what the edit is showing us. Is this a common thing that can happen on Survivor? And where do you see kind of Killarney's game at the moment? It is. It's it's fairly common. And what you'll find is in massive votes, every single person will try and take a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and the clear distinction is in, in any of these, there'll always be one person or maybe two people that are clearly at the strategic forefront of a move. And then there are other enablers around it. So it's like a pilot and a co-pilot and the <laughs> flight crew. 
right? Yeah, yeah. You, you okay, need like every that. single one of them to get the plane off the ground. The problem is sometimes you'll have someone who is clearly flight crew who thinks they're, they're the one piloting the plane. And it happens. And it happens, right? Um, and I feel like that's what's happening with Kilani. She definitely has a part to, uh, to play in, in all these vote outs. However, she probably thinks she's more integral than what other people are seeing. And, and it's very common. I mean, a lot of the times, all the players are having similar ideas. And it's just about who articulates it and starts a process first. So, you know, sometimes Kilani is out the loop and she starts talking about it a day after everyone else. And that happened a lot in my season also. People were claiming moves where, you know, me and someone in my lines would be like, no, but we, we were doing that two days ago. <laughs> we were canvassing for this like for three weeks now and it's only yeah. bearing fruit now. You can't claim, claim this move. So there is a lot of that. That being said, it's always great to have someone who, who clearly thinks higher of their game than anyone else. Because that person, if they're sitting, <laughs> I guess, with a lot of, or they feel they have a lot more authority, they probably think they can beat anyone. And if that's the case, let's go to the end together because you'll feel comfortable sitting next to anyone. And I'll, I'll know deep down that I think I can beat you because you're the only one who perceives your game to be at that high level. That is a phenomenal analogy. Like the whole pilot and that, that did you think of that or did you already have that plan because that was amazing i i, I think i've uh, when did I, I probably thought about it when i was playing the game because yeah. again this is what this is what happened we had a couple of people who who thought they were the pilot but they weren't <laughs> uh so the last thing i want to ask about Kalarni at the moment before we get on to this reward challenge which has a big reward behind it you know the term goat keeps getting thrown out. And I was talking to Abraham earlier off camera when we were waiting for some interviews and stuff. And he says he sees two goats in this final, you can say five final seven, whichever way you want to look at it. And he sees Shane as a goat, and he sees Killarney as a goat. Now I don't agree with Shane. I think Shane's playing the best game he can with a lot of people not trusting him. And I think he's playing a very strategic game, but Killarney is more interesting because she, while She's putting those ideas out there. She hasn't really been at the forefront. And so I think she's right on that line of, is she, does she qualify as a full-blown goat? Or does she have some points to her game that kind of prevent her from being that? I'd love to hear your opinion, because I'm really on the fence uh, with Killarney. It's, it's an interesting one. I, I wouldn't necessarily say she's a, a goat. I can see why she's perceived as a goat. But in my mind, a goat is more a type of player who doesn't try to initiate anything, doesn't try to make moves, is completely happy to go with the flow and see where it takes them. It's apparent that Kalani is trying to make moves and she, you know, she, she is providing her thoughts and her ideas. Um, she just has no agency. So you know, whatever idea she has, it's either been said before or it goes in one ear of someone and then out the other. But she is definitely trying to play. So I wouldn't call her a goat. I would just say that, you know, she's she's having very little luck in getting things to move in her direction. You know, she's a more subtle version of, she's having difficulty similar, similarly to Tejan. Mm, you know, yeah. Tejan says he can understand why people perceive him as a goat. And I can understand why he'd say that. But I don't think that he was a goat either. No, I you know? don't know. There are people trying to play the game with very little agency. She has a much more subtle way of playing. But it's clear from, from the discussions and the dialogue that she is trying to play. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and there's this kind of mindset that goats don't belong whatsoever. 
And I used to have that mindset when I was younger watching the show, too. If there was someone who really wasn't playing super hard, I'm like, man, they're taking someone else's spot and stuff like that. And I've come to respect the game more. And I look at the game in a more deeper fashion. And let me just put out there, if you are in the final five, you deserve that spot. I mean, that it is not easy to make it, you know, past pre-merge, you know, past the merge, uh, the beginning of the merge, I shall say. So I think if, if you're there in that final five, whether she's a goat or not, or, and whether she deserves the win or not, she definitely deserves that spot, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and you know, like we'll, we could go into a whole philosophical debate about this, but the term bitter jury... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is such a thing as, as a bitter jury because there are no hard and fast rules for how a jury should dictate who the winner is of a game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm sitting next to, if, if we're in a final and it's Boston Rob against, I don't know, let's just say the biggest goat of all time. It's a literal goat sitting next to Boston <laughs> Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I say, you know, we as the jury decide that that goat has hell of a nice hooves and so <laughs> you deserve to win for maintaining your hooves over the last 39 days then so be it that is the jury's prerogative you know so it's not a bitter jury like if you haven't understood the jury or the people you're putting onto the jury bench you can't call them bitter because at the end of the day they there is no hard and fast way in which they have to decide who wins the game so it, it's it's a similar thing like a goat or however you perceive a goat is purely in the eyes of two things the edit and B, how the jury perceives them. You know, a jury could perceive someone who's played excellently to be a GOAT, dependent on their own subjective views of how the game has gone. Um, so, yeah, it, it is quite a weird one because it, it really means different things to different people. And it could come down to that final speech that they give at Final Tribal. Say Killarney makes the Final Tribal. She could have an amazing speech. And that's her game right there. Um, getting, to the getting to the reward challenge. Now, we've seen this before on Survivor. I, I put in parentheses to remind myself of the challenge. I put balanced spelling bee. So you have to spell words out, not knock, knock it over and knock all the letters over. Um, and this, com this one comes with a loved one visit in a way. And our castaways were kind of anticipating this. Um, and they get the loved one visit in terms of a video call. And uh, that's not all. They also get chicken and gravy, which you can never. It, it wasn't it wasn't chicken and gravy. What was the official term? Do you remember that? Because he said something else. And I went, it was it was a chicken schnitzel schnitzel with mash right. yeah. and then some gravy and veg. And then you and you think that's that's perfect food, loved ones. But then you also get an advantage in the next immunity challenge. So I'm like, wow, if, the, if there's a challenge to win, you want to win this one. Uh, we had some funny moments here. We had Tejan bringing his survivor staff, which came out of, <laughs> no, I don't know if he just got no sleep that night, but we didn't see the survivor staff again, the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the episodes. Uh, Shane is not caring about the loved ones visit at all. He's like, I don't care. Let's just do this. Like, give me the food and stuff. Or I, I love Shane and some of his responses here of like, I don't care. It's a game. Like let's, let's do this. Uh, but Phil, this really starts the week of the Phil challenge yeah. beast. Um, it. I feel like he's making a little bit of a mistake and we're going to get more into some of the challenges later on, Kieran, but you don't want to be a challenge beast and Phil is dominating these challenges. It's, it's, yeah, Phil's, Phil's had a, on paper, Phil's had a very good week, but he's actually had a very bad week. 
Okay, you know, yes, I can see if, that. If, yeah. we, if we if we look at the entire week, he's he's won every single challenge he's been a part of. So he's four for four this week. He found a hidden immunity idol, and he's still in a. I think going into next week in a very tough spot. Exactly mm-hmm. as you said, yeah. he's. The, the season is so strategic that people don't even are seeing past alliances, and whoever has the to, the uh, whoever's standing the tallest is getting cut down. And Phil has put himself in the point where he is so tall that the moment he doesn't win immunity, I have no doubt people are going to come for him. And he hasn't. And the question is, when did that start? Did he need to win all four of these challenges to be? I don't think he did. Yeah, I. I, And and that's exactly it. I was asking him to throw some. I'm like, Phil, like this one makes sense. Loved ones visit. I totally get this one. And the one with Felix where they were standing blocks on the head. Like, yeah, you can't let Felix beat you, but. Uh, the one that comes to mind is the last challenge of the week where they were trying to build that pyramid puzzle. And I'm like, if you look over at Felix, he is nowhere near completing this puzzle. I understand you don't want him to, but you also have Dino who I would have confidence to put this puzzle together. So I obviously don't know what's going on in Phil's mind and whether he sees himself as, you know, they're going to be coming after me tonight. But if I'm looking at that, I'm like, I'm not winning any more of these challenges because you're just that target on your back is getting bigger and bigger bigger every time you win. Do you know what I, I think it might be? It's it's also the fact that Phil was a pre-merger in his previous season. Okay, yeah. And so you come in with a lot of, I guess, unfinished business that you want to get through. And I remember in my season, and so I'll, I'll, I'll drop a spoiler, but I won the first two individual immunity <laughs> challenge, challenges back yeah. to back. And that put a target on my back and people like, you know, when we chat after, it's like, why did you do that? You know, like, you're obviously going to put a target on your back. And I was like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in the season. I, it is such a joy to be here. I couldn't throw a challenge because, you know, every day for me is a blessing to be on Survivor. And when you're going back as a pre-merge, I'm sure that's exactly it. It's, it's, you're so happy to be here because you know what's happened previously that I think it's almost impossible to throw it because what if I don't get another chance to compete, right? Whereas I think if you've played and you've gone past merge before, it's much easier to throw a challenge because that feeling of winning, the feeling of proving yourself, you've done it already. You know, if, if you feel you have nothing else to prove, it's much easier to throw things. Or, you know, you must be made of really strong stuff to say, I don't mind throwing this challenge. Even if I don't have another one, I'm just going to, to throw it because I think it makes sense. I, th- I think that's what's almost pushing him to to just keep competing. It's that sense of, I don't know how much longer I have and I'm not going to, to, to lose my chance of proving myself when he knows what it's like to, to have things go wrong previously. To be fair, it's easy for me to, you know, I haven't played the game Survivor. I would love to, but, you know, just watching it here, I'm, I'm complaining about him winning all these challenges. But if he were to throw one and then go home that night, it would be looked at as like, oh, my gosh, Phil, you're so stupid. Why would you do that? So, I mean, to be fair, it's kind of that dilemma. Like you want to win challenges because you're going to be safe regardless. So it's a it's a great thing to have safety, but also kind of manage how others perceive you in a way, yeah. if that's possible. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 if let's just say Phil was a post-merger, I have no doubt he probably would have thrown a couple if he felt safe because the narrative shifts completely, right? Now, at the, end of, at the end of this week, he's won three immunity challenges. If he had just lost or thrown this previous one, and let's say who was next up to him, it was Dino, yeah, right? Yeah. So it would have been 2-2. So Dino would have won one, uh, twice, Phil would have won twice. The narrative changes. You can't call me Phil the challenge beast. 
right? I, I'm winning some challenges, but that's fine. But Dino's winning immunities equally as, as much as I am. And those are the things that actually count. So who's the real challenge yeah. beast? No, I, yeah. I, I agree completely. And, and then he had a, a tough decision here to make in the terms. There's a twist. We knew there was going to be a twist here. So let me make sure I got this right. So Phil can enjoy all the rewards, the advantage, the food, the loved, the loved ones video, or he can take two people with him but no food and no advantage. And everybody, Kieran, was really quick to say, just go, just go enjoy this loved one visit. Um, and it wasn't really a decision for Phil. I never felt like Phil was going to take people with him. But at the same time, in my mind, I was like, okay, you're losing the food and the advantage, which definitely sucks. But like, you can let two other people see their loved ones. So I'm not, shaming phil for his decision but i was looking at it like okay well you still get the loved ones visit which is kind of what everybody wants or the loved ones video um so what did you think real really quick here about his decision towards that i think phil was saved from from having to make a, a hard choice because two or three people spoke out immediately and and yeah. people said no no please go and like enjoy enjoy everything and so, you know, Phil could be like, oh, you guys, thank you. Because now once someone has said that, no one else is going to speak out and be like, no, I think you should take two of us. <laughs> well, so he had a... kind of did. <laughs> he, he used Tejan knew like, he was going on that, on, the, <laughs> yeah. on, on that reward no matter what. Um, so, yeah, he didn't really have a hard choice to make. It was pretty much like, okay, well, if you guys have said it and no one's saying anything to the contrary, even though I really want to, I have your blessing, so I'll go. So I, I think, yeah, he, he, he was saved from having to vidify himself. Um, and then after the challenge, the, the next thing I want to go on to here is I wrote Dino is the big target in the game. And that's not reflecting what people are feeling like, because the main target this week, kind of the general consensus of the week is let's get Felix out. We need to get Felix out of the game. But I put in all caps Dino or Marion. And I, this is a deep conversation that I'm looking forward to getting into. Why are the eyes or more eyes in a sense, not on Dino and Marion? Because I think from my perspective, they are the two ringleaders right now and they are playing the best game. And I don't think mm -hmm. anyone can beat maybe Phil, but I, I think Dino and Marion sitting at the end, they're going to win the game. So I guess that's my question to you, Kieran is why Felix, why Tajan and in a sense, why Kalarni? over Dino and Marion, why are none of the other five people looking at those two? I th think it's, so one part is optics. The No Bullshit Alliance is yes. three of seven and they, and they, remi they, they remain the biggest alliance yes. left in, in, in the game outward, uh, that people can outwardly see. So I think that helps uh, Dino and Marion in their sub-alliance because it's not well known and there's a clear majority well not a majority but a clear three that are a bigger threat um with that people like full continuously winning makes a big difference so dino can say listen i am not the biggest threat within this big alliance it's full clearly he keeps winning everything right on top of that phil and felix have a very strong outward relationship that's always going to put a target on their back, right? So like mm -hmm. Marion and Sh Shane who have played together previously, it's quite clear that no one really sees them as a partnership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I'm, I'm so, also questioning. 
right? And so that's amazing. And I think what the other part of that is Marion's ability to articulate, you know, the narrative that she wants people to see. She's excellent at it. She is. So, so another reason why Marion and Dino aren't being seen in the light is because Marion is also excellent at making Phil feel like, you know, that's, that's her number one. She seems also equally adept at doing that with Shane, you know, and at the end of uh, the week, we see her tailing Kilani. So I'm sure Kilani is also feeling that <laughs> Marion's number Probably, one. Probably, yeah, yeah. Marion is doing an excellent job at creating those narratives and having those relationships. And then Dino comes in from the previous season with the perception of being a very paranoid player. So even when he does things that are hyper strategic, right, people will pass it off as Dino being paranoid. When Dino puts Felix's name down, when Tejan goes home and he has the conversation with Felix the next day, he's able to say, listen, I did it because I had to. And, you know, I got nervous kind of thing and I'm paranoid. <laughs> and Felix is like, oh, well, Dino's paranoid. And they brush it off. They're, they're almost, Dino is so good at understanding that people see him as paranoid, that he can play it in such a way that they will almost, <laughs> I guess, in their own comfort of, of thinking that I'm the strategic player, they will pass off all Dino's strategy as Dino being paranoid. And Dino is very good at selling that. So I think that is why people don't see Marion and Dino being as strong as they are, because Marion is very good at controlling narratives and building those relationships. Dino is equally good at building relationships. And one of Dino's key strengths is his ability to be self-degrading. Yeah. You can never yeah. pay <laughs> in real that. life, you can never pay play pay Dino a compliment without him turning it into some you know into some joke about yeah, why yeah. that's not the case um so I, I think that's why people aren't seeing marion and dino because if phil says oh dino's a threat marion will say no no it's felix you know if felix tells dino marion's a threat you know dino will say no not really i think it's kilani because kilani is going to take someone else's place so they're, they're because they're sitting on i guess on opposite sides of the fence they can cover each other when someone else brings up their name would you say that at this point in time, when we have seven people left in the game, so not looking at, you know, the final five, would you say Marion is playing a slightly better game than Dino taking everything into effect? Or is it, is it closer than what I'm thinking? Cause I think they're both playing phenomenal games, but in my eyes, Marion, if she makes it to the end, she's getting my vote a hundred percent. Yes, I, I would say so because Marion has put herself in the position of completely wiping out her, her, her main alliance and playing out the bottom. And on top of that, when her first alliance member was voted out, Steffi, that was a blindside on Marion. Dino, if I, I don't, if I remember correctly, hasn't been blindsided. Yes, he was mm -hmm. at the bottom yeah, I don't, I don't on a swap. So. He was on the bottom of a swap. He found an idol and he played his way out by building strong relationships. A, part, a large part of that was also Marion's influence. So Marion also currently holds that to some extent over Dino. If the two of them are sitting at the end together, Marion can talk about the impact she has had on Dino's game. Right? And then Dino's impact on Marion's game, when Marion is left without Steffi and Meryl, it is very much, I guess, mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. So Dino can't claim it, uh, can't claim it over Marion. It's it's fairly equal. Whereas when they were back in pre-merge, Marion played a, a, I guess, a key part in saving Dino when Dante wanted to come for him. 
So yeah, I, I think it's it's neck and neck. I think Marion is currently edging it very slightly. Just a little bit. But I, I like I said, I think they're both playing fantastic amazing games phenomenal games yeah and, and i think a lot of their games are also kind of if this makes any sense off camera in a way like i think casual fans aren't really going to see how their games are at the moment other than what they're saying but the way they're controlling their position in the tribe i think is what's most impressive uh given their you know different uh what's the word i'm looking for different uh positions in the game i think it's it's really interesting um and then this episode ends also felix is gunning for marion he thinks she needs to be taken out of the game uh phil and tajan start um well they they got to speak to their families and then it is pouring down rain at an instant and uh People are talking about sending Felix home, like right in front of Felix, like Felix, they're all sitting in the shelter. And I'm like, all right, guys, can we just wait until the rain stops here? Like Felix is right there. But as as you'll see later on, when Felix starts to find out he's probably going home, people don't care if Felix here his his name coming out. Uh, we get to the immunity challenge. Tajan and Phil get to start five minutes later because they got that advantage. And then the episode ends um, with a showdown between Phil and Felix. Who's going to win immunity? Now, the way they're filming this season with four episodes coming out a week, I understand that not every episode can be an elimination. And I think Survivor South Africa has done a phenomenal job with cliffhangers. And there's been a lot of episodes that even if they're not non-elimination, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to see the next episode. Like, let hurry up. Like, let's release it. This one felt like a little weak ending to me. I'd, I'd love to hear your idea. Do you think this was a, a, a good way to end the episode? You know, who's going to win between the two? I thought this was the first one this season that felt a little, a little weak with how they ended it. I think, I think I could agree because I think we were spoiled with the previous time they ended on a challenge, which was when Shona was, Albert, yes, in, yes. Or, or she, she, she. It sounded like she had broken all the bones in her body, you know. And compared to that, that that's a much bigger cliffhanger of will she be medevaced or won't she, versus who's going to win between Felix or Full, right? Because also the way that the conversation was going, you know, it was it felt that Felix had to win, right? Because yeah, he was yeah. going home. So the cliff, I guess maybe that was the cliffhanger they were trying to stop to finish on. Is is Full going? I mean, is Felix going to win and save himself? But uh, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't the strongest of cliffhangers. Um, but I do understand the reason why we've had two non-eliminations this week. Or my guess would be that uh, if you look historically in Survivor US, it's around this time, I guess, the final six vote is always fast forwarded because then we have that very condensed yes, finale. Yes. You know, where it's like four votes in one episode or whatever the case may be. And these votes are some of the trickiest. As a player, these are, are the hardest. This is when we reach that period of hyperfluidity where the game just all of a sudden, there's no set alliances and whatever you thought. It is at this point, this is the point where everyone starts becoming completely individualistic. I love, you know, how, and, you, I love how you put that, by the way, because I've grown to not be a fan of like the condensed three hour episodes and stuff for that exact reason. I'm like, I feel like we aren't truly seeing their games here where this week we got basically two, two hour episodes for one vote and both yep. votes felt very 
impactful and how the game was going to move forward. And I think it's, uh, if people do feel dissatisfied, it's, it's, it's a shame because it, the reason for it is the, what I believe is the strength of the editing on Survive South Africa. They show you what happened and why it happened. There's no unnecessary cliffhangers. And I think if you're a massive fan of the game, you see the beauty in the nuance. Everyone is lying to everyone. You know, Shane is in an alliance with Dino, but he is still going and telling Felix 100% of the truth. Shane's in an alliance with everyone as far as Shane is concerned. Yeah. Felix gets the truth, but because it's from Shane, he doesn't believe it and he completely discards it. You know, Phil, Dino and um, Felix want to work together. Phil finds, and I know I'm zooming ahead here, but Phil finds the clue. Phil finds the clue to the hidden immunity idol and runs away and <laughs> yeah. doesn't want to tell well, his from, own from Felix and Killarney, right? Felix yeah. and Killarney were right there with him. Yeah. And he just starts. But, I mean, if he, if he darts away, I mean, he can still tell Felix later. Then he completely lies to Dino about it. Right. Dino goes to the outpost, comes back and says, Oh, I found out about a challenge or I got to practice a challenge, but I don't want to tell you because you're going to have an advantage. But how is Dino telling someone? about a challenge going to change anything so it's clearly it's clear he's clearly lying and it's just you know those are the things that you wouldn't get in a condensed version but that's the level the game goes to like people are just lying left right and center it is exceptionally transparent that everyone's lying and it's the game has completely changed on its head where people are previously will tell you 90 percent of the truth and lie 10 percent of the time now people are lying 90 percent of the time there's a 10 percent truth and you don't know what's what. So, you know, and, and the, I guess these guys are such big fans and you can see their attorney season because everyone's comfortable in the lying. Everyone's comfortable in your own alliance, your day one alliance, withholding information from you when it is blatant they're doing so. And everyone's saying, fine, well, that's part of your game. You know, it's like, it's not like people have knives behind <laughs> someone's back. Wait, it's, it's like everyone <laughs> has a knife, to, knife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to everyone's throat and saying, I, I, I will potentially stab you. <clears throat> so, yeah, I guess that's, that's the subtlety, but you know, it, it does make for, for, if you, if you don't pay attention very closely, it can be confusing because you're like, well, why are these people going in circles? But it's such, you know, that is the beauty of, of the game at this point. It is just, circles. yeah, this is where, this is when survivor really becomes what the game is all about. Kind of that deceiving. And, and so it, it, it becomes really entertaining at this point in yeah. the game when everybody is jumping it can be a little confusing as well. Like listening, like, whoa, hold on a second. You just threw out this person's name and now we're seeing you throw out someone else. It's like, where are you going with this? Um, I will say Phil does end up beating Felix. And I think that might be why it was a little kind of weak of an ending to me because looking at where they were at, I was not anticipating Felix to win that. I'm like, okay, I think Phil, Phil has this in the bag. He looked very comfortable where Felix was like struggling for the last 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was. Quick shout out to uh, Tajan, who I don't know if a lot of people notices was sleeping during the challenge. He had his buff like over his entire head and he's just like laying back sleeping. Hey, you're tired. I get it. Get sleep whenever you can. Uh, So Phil, that's his second immunity. When we get back to Uh, The tribe and everyone kind of notices that Phil is starting to be a challenge beast, but he is not the top priority within the camp. Felix sees uh, the symbol in the sand, which you were saying, Kieran, which ends up being a clue to the immunity idol. And 
what confused me about this is Felix saw the symbol, but Phil was the one that got it. So I wonder if he saw it before Phil and then Phil just kind of dove in front of him. <laughs> and I mean, there's not much to say. Kieran gave his opinion on or kind of what was going down. And it was a lot of digging through the sand. I mean, a lot. They ended up finding. I missed this part, I think, because I was watching it really late at night. Where did he end up finding the clue? Because there was another clue that said the idol is at tribal council underneath the uh, the voting urn or whatever you want to call it. So where did he end up finding that? In the middle of the stairs. Okay, okay. So it, it yeah. was in the stairs where he was digging for like hours. Yeah. Okay, okay. It, it was, yeah. Uh, so and, he, uh, Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like the, the running away with the clue, I still find hilarious because it it... You know, one of the key things when you play the game is also making sure that or understanding that if one person knows your secret, there's a chance everyone knows your secret. And at some point, and then if that's the case, it's better to tell everyone and control that narrative. You know, so like Phil should have gone and told Dino, listen, I found a clue. And given how the no, the no bullshit alliance is going, he could have said, I found a clue, but I want to find the idol for myself. So... I will tell you when I found the idol, but I'm not going to share the clue with you. But here, here it is, and I just wanted you to be aware. I'm not hiding that from you. You know that. And then when later on, I think the the episode after where he goes and tells Dino, "Listen, here's the clue. I need your help." Dino wouldn't be like, "I don't believe full," right? Because Kilani told Dino before yeah, Phil had yeah. a chance. So sharing information is so important. And the moment one person knows your secret it's almost safe to assume that everyone's going to know your secret. And so it's, you need to use that information as a currency and, and share, you'd, you'd rather share it first than have someone else share it for you. So I think Phil made a mistake there. Oh, well, all that drama, I mean, the no BS Alliance really turned into the, a lot of bullshit Alliance this week. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, it was this episode really started the Felix versus Dino. Felix is gunning for Dino Dino is gunning for Felix. And it's kind of that situation of what came first, the chicken or the egg who started targeting the other first, because they've known all season, they're going to have to stab the other one in the back at some point. And I think the only thing that confuses me is from Dino's perspective. And we, we spoke about it a little bit earlier. Why is his attention on Felix here and not as much on Phil because of the whole challenge beast and stuff. And Dino even said, you know, Phil isn't giving him the whole truth. He finds out about some some details not from Phil. So he's like, I know this guy's lying to me too. It's almost like he had to choose which liar he wanted to work with more between Felix and Phil. And it seems like he, he well, he's definitely chosen Phil before Felix. And I just don't know in terms of Dino's game if this is the right decision. So I, I would, I think it is the right decision. Okay. So, so, so two things. One, Felix and and Phil, I think, have been together since day one, and I think Dino almost yeah, joined them one, a bit yeah. later. So, so, so I think Dino feels on the outs. So, getting rid of Felix would allow him to be Phil's number one. And the the question then is, why does he want to be Phil's number one, not Felix's? It's because Phil stands out more than Dino does, whereas Felix doesn't stand out more than Dino. So. By getting rid of Felix, he he pulls in full as his number, or I guess full now has Dino as his number one and mm-hmm. no one else. And on top of that, Dino still has a shield yes. to hide behind. If he gets rid of if he gets rid of full, 
then it's Felix and Dino, and then Dino becomes Felix's shield. See, when you put it like that, that all makes sense. Because that is something that the shield is an interesting way to look at it because Felix wasn't really competing in the challenges and winning like Phil does. So I, I didn't even look at it in that way personally about the shield aspect. Because and I'm um, just reading from the edit, it seems that a lot of people didn't realize Felix was playing as hard as he was. Felix waited, you know, up until the right time to start playing, and he first started playing slightly and then became more aggressive. Whereas Phil has, you know, been seen as a player from day one. Dino has been seen as a player from day day from day one, and because Phil is now winning more and more, he stands out as more of a threat than Dino. So Dino can behind can hide behind Phil and say, listen, Felix is gone. It's me and Phil in the supposed lines. Get rid of Phil first because you, chances are he's going to win every single immunity. So you'd rather get rid of him before you get rid of me. Whereas with Felix, he doesn't have that option. He's been, he's been perceived to play harder and he's perceived to be better at challenges. You think uh, with how much Karen and I are talking about Felix at the moment, he's the one that ends up going home and he doesn't. Which is, it, it kind of shocked me because I was fully anticipating and I was in my notes, I even wrote down, this is the most obvious elimination that we're going to see all season because it just, so much of the talk was around Felix and getting him voted out that I'm like, there's no way that he doesn't go here. He doesn't have anything. We know that. So he's going to be blindsided if it's even a blindside. But then Tajian is feeling kind of worried as well. And they're planning the split vote. And so he creates this fake idol. We know he's already had two idols this season. It's a pretty good fake idol. It might be one of the best fake idols I've ever seen. The way he carved that in, it looked it looked really legit. He ends up pulling it out at Tribal. Dino calls it out. Nah, it's fake. It's fake. And then Phil was the deciding vote here, and he kept his friend Felix in the game, sending Tajian home. So the big question I have for you, Kieran, is, did that fake idol play send Tajian home, or do you think he would have went home regardless of whether he pulled it out or not? I think it did send him home. Yeah, uh, I think people were were worried, and then they they, but it, they were worried. But I don't understand why they were worried. I mean, it was a well known fact that Full had a, a clue and was scrambling around. So how would Tajian end up with another I- idol, especially if you count back how the idols have come into play? Tajian shouldn't have an idol. Yeah. Two. If even if Tejan has an idol, split the votes because you want him to play it, but you want Felix to go home, right? So I don't understand what happened in the confusion. Why I think it was Shane and Kilani, or who put ended up putting votes on on Tejan as opposed mm. to Felix. Yeah, and yeah, I I think so there, was are a, you buying, there was a bit of. Are you buying Phil's story then? Because Phil's story was. I, I don't buy full story. <laughs> okay. I don't buy full He's story. Like, not at all. I, I not was at all. trying I think, to flush the idol out. Yeah. I just think that if Tejan hadn't did what hadn't did what he did, if Phil had turned to Kilani and Shade and said just vote Tejan, they wouldn't have done it because there would have been no reason to. But yeah. the whole, all the theatrics, people were like, "Oh, let me just put it down there just in case," because I think maybe Tejan's really sold it. So like, yo, let's just make him flush the idol, so the idol is no longer there, and then. And then uh, he, that's that's gone for next week or next next vote out, and we'll get rid of Felix. It well, feels like it, uh, yeah, it, it it was quite confusing. That well, that's the funny thing is if Phil did really mess up the vote, if he was like you know 
I don't think anyone believes him, but if what he was telling Dino was true about like, oh, I just, I, I messed up the vote, my bad. That's the second time this season. If you guys remember, yeah. Dante was supposed to go home and Phil messed up a vote there, keeping Dante in the game. So uh, I'm eager to speak with Phil someday and, you know, ask him, I said, what's going on with these voting things? Your paranoia takes over like right before tribal, which paranoia is, I'm sure, in like a real thing in, in the game of Survivor. And his paranoia, and you know, it's, when you mentioned that, it, it it could be plausible then that he got paranoid and just did things because he has been paranoid and done some silly things uh, throughout this week. You know, running away with the clue, lying to Marion about what the clue said that it's it's an idol at the outpost, telling Dino something different. You know, I think in the heat of the moment, when he gets paranoid, when he's stuck in a corner, he just says the first thing that comes to mind, or he just acts. I don't, you know, on instinct. Yeah. And sometimes he, he's, he's put his foot in his mouth a, a couple of times. Uh, and, and, and he's still like top of the game. Like we've said, he's still like leading the game. If he can kind of control that a little bit, uh, jumping ahead to the next reward challenge. Um, basically everybody gets split into teams of two and Kieran, the teams could not be more perfect. It literally, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, <laughs> you're going to have the, the, People online who think Survivor is so fake, I'm like, they're going to be at the keyboards literally typing away because the teams come out to be Shane Killarney, Felix and Phil, and Dino and Marion. And I'm like, this yeah. could not be more perfect for the game at all. It's <laughs> it's the curse of, of Survivor South Africa. I mean, season eight, we had a, a pairing up also with 10 people yeah. and all five pairs were perfectly split across alliances. <laughs> It seems to happen, and it's, it is always random. I mean, I was yeah. part of that draw. I know how random it was. It is just, I, I don't know. The, I mean, the odds of it happening twice are, you know, infinitesimal, and, and yet it's, it's, it's happened again. It's, it's really, it, really it, something funny. It was funny. perfect, and, and they're playing for basically a spa day. Phil and Felix win, so there's another win for Phil. And I'm like, this should be a chance for them to strengthen their alliance, and it really wasn't. I mean, the, the moral of it is, Felix knew something was off about Phil the entire time. And this is where kind of the distrust between Phil and, and Felix starts. Um, and then Marion real quick, before we head back to camp and start talking about where we're going next in terms of who we're going to vote out and everything. Marion says a quote, I'll be damned if those two are in the final two full emotion and everything. Why do you think it means so much to Marion, who is an emotional player, to get out Phil and Felix? Is it just to advance her game and for her to win, or is there something more underlying here? I, I took it quite literally as I think she just wants to make sure that she gets to the final two with, with her alliance. I'm not, I'm not sure whether it's, it's anything more than that, because I think Phil and Felix have played good games. You know, like I think if either of them had to win, it wouldn't be, it would never be a bad thing, right? They, I think they are both good representatives. Yes, for Survivor yes. South Africa. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that happened this episode, and walk, okay, walk me through this final four and what it's going to look like. Say Phil gets voted out next, which I doubt he will be the very next one, uh, because he does have the idol unless they can get that off him. But final four of. Shane, Marion, Killarney, and Dino. Uh, the, the final four that went through Phil's bag here and, and found his idol. First off, Phil, you got to take your bag, man. You got to take your <laughs> bag to every challenge. So that's on you. Uh, but walk me through that final four and what fans might be expecting if that ends up coming to fruition. 
I think in in that final four permutation, I think everyone every fan's dream would be a, a Dino versus Marion. That's what know, I'm hoping head to for, head. Yeah, that yeah. that would be you know a battle for the ages. Who who wins? So so much of it comes down to how have you left people on the jury? Are they happy with you? Are they sad with you? How can you distinguish your game? I mean, they both have great stories, you know. Um, that would be so hard. Oh my gosh. I didn't even to, think to, about the to, stories like outside yeah. the game. I was looking at it, their gameplay, but Marion and everything that she's had to overcome. And then Dino, we literally saw the season when he, when he got the car, how much it meant to him. And he yeah. told us his story. So, I mean, you might be looking at, if it comes down to those two, a tribal council that might be one of the most emotional tribal councils we've ever seen in any version of survivor U S Australia, South African. And I think it would be it would rival the closeness of uh, Dom versus Wendell. Yes, Island, yes, right? like, yes. How do you how do you put them apart? I mean, and and here we have the brilliance of two people who played separately and then came together quite late on, and really you know like did some amazing things together. If if that works out, I don't know. You would have to vote personal preference, right? Mm. I almost I almost think that if Dino gets to the end, he is guaranteed one vote, and that's Dante's vote. Dante will be, this yeah. is the man that I've told you we need to get out. I've been yeah. saying he needs to go out since the, since and the Dante, And Dante oh, respects yeah. the game to, to the point where yeah. I feel like, like you said, he would be like, look, I was gunning for him. He made it. And that's just the respect he has. But I would argue that Marion would also be, see, we're already thinking ahead, but uh, I would also say that Marion would be guaranteed a vote. Cause I think Shane would have, Oh, without a doubt. With, yeah. With how I think they would they have a, a vote each. So, I mean, in Dante's previous season, the, and this is the, the funny thing, right? Yeah. If Dino gets to the end, Dante really is a messiah because in, in Dante's previous season, he was voted out and he kept saying that there is a particular person. Mm. We need to get rid of him. And if he doesn't, if we don't get rid of him, he is going to win. And he went out and he was swearing and like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> I told you, we need to get rid of this guy. This guy got to the end and won. And if Dino does the same thing, you know, Dante is going to just get there and his jury speech is literally going to say, everyone needs to vote for Dino. I told you, we need to get rid of yeah. him. Yeah. I've seen this before. It has happened again. You all need to listen to me. <laughs> There's no one who deserves it more than Dino. That is my guess. Like uh, Dante will be Dino's representative. If uh, And you know, they didn't even play together, but it's just because Dante will be like, I told you. And no one listen. If that happens again, Dante is just going to be kicking himself. Like we know I he's his already might explode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh. Well, another great thing for Dino here. Dino's head almost exploded when he headed to the outposts. He won a safari water trip. I I don't know the actual term. I was trying to take notes while listening to it. Uh. But it's worth eighty thousand rin. Uh. And an extra vote at tribal. And he got to take a fruit basket back. So he got to play hero. And he was saying, you know, this is perfect for his honeymoon. So that was amazing. I, I think yeah. I can't say for certain, but I think this is the last time we're going to see the outpost this season. And mm -hmm. Survivor, especially the U.S. edition, has been filled with some terrible twists that fans have not been happy about. And I'm one of those fans who have not really liked a lot of, a lot of the twists that they've been doing in the U.S. version. But I liked Outpost this season. I don't think there was one second that they did Outpost that I was like, oh, this is kind of stupid. Like, I really enjoyed the Outpost. So, Kieran, if this is the last we're seeing from the Outpost, would you like to see this come back? 
in in future seasons or maybe keep it you know that was for this season maybe put it away for a little bit i i really like the outpost so i mean in my season we had immunity island which you know yeah. the, the the frequency which you visited was every episode and okay. it was too frequent yeah i liked the outpost was almost inoffensive in in in, in the fact that it was there for I, I guess for for very specific milestones and it was great because it provided a signal because again it wasn't so frequent um that whoever went there would get some advantage on top of that if you're going pre-merge you're meeting someone else from the from the other tribe um yeah it has been really really great i i feel it has come in enough not too many times not too few times it has had an impact on the season but it hasn't i think materially impacted the gameplay in any way it has aided it and there has been consequence so dino i think articulates it perfectly um this week where he talks about going to outpost automatically puts a target on your back people know you have something and so you know you already have to be planning how do i play this everyone seems to come back and lie you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't even the only way you can you can mitigate it is by coming back with the parchment and saying listen this is exactly what happened i'm telling the truth other than that you know if you say i got four idols from outpost and three extra votes everyone's going to be like oh this guy's lying he obviously yeah, got yeah. 10 idols you know like <laughs> no matter what you say everyone's going to think you're, you're lying so there's consequences that come with the advantages you get um it's not too overly stacked that you know it's introducing a new advantage every single week into into the well, game and it's, so, yeah. it, but it's it's still different every time you go and i think that was the key yes. thing because a lot of times when they in, implement something like that it's the same in a way like we've seen on i keep going to the u.s version it's just the first thing that pops in my head but like that island on the u.s where yeah. you had the prisoner's dilemma it's the same thing every single time where this was you had no idea what you were getting you might just be trading items you might be getting an extra vote you might be getting a, an idol like there was something different every time and it had a different feel every single time they used it as well and to your point it was so i think they spread it out perfectly throughout the season it never felt too close together exactly yeah so i'm i'm a big fan i'm a big fan um would love to to see it again if that's the mechanism of choice because there will always be a mechanism i think i'm still a fan of um let's just hide idols randomly you can find a clue and you <laughs> well the you old know, fashioned yeah, yeah. digging the trees yeah i'm 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 very old school in in in, in that way yeah i feel like, that like stop handing people idols in a way yeah, uh, yeah like let's go dig in a tree or go, <laughs> or, or go to a reward and find the the clue for it and go look for it. Did you find any idols in your season? Because I know uh, you were talking about challenges earlier. I know you won 11 challenges. I didn't know how many of those were individual challenge wins. But so did you uh, yeah. find any idols? I found one idol at final six. So it could oh. only be used in that voting round and then all advantages expired. How, how long did you uh, search for it? No, it was at a reward. So I was okay, like, oh, okay, there's, okay. A, there's a sponsor logo up in a tree. <laughs> that That must be where the idol was. And in true in true fashion it was still had to be a survivor stream to to find an idol like it still yeah. had that that realization there uh going to the next immunity we talked about this one this is the one where you had to build that like pyramid puzzle and phil was able to win again third times yeah he held up the three and everything which he was really trying to make sure felix did not win here um and the plan here is dina wants to split votes between 
Killarney and Felix. Obviously, the plan was to split between Felix and Phil, but now you can't do that. And this is where we see more of this final four group. They want to get Felix and Phil out, but they know they're going to have to turn on Killarney. And looking ahead here, the votes get split between Killarney and Phil. So what's going to be repercussions from this? since uh or repercussion sorry uh from killarney getting some votes here nothing i was thinking about this earlier oh really? has, zero, has zero numbers who does she turn to she says oh they're trying to get rid of me let me turn to full okay full you and i have to work <laughs> together and who else are they going to pull you don't think shane you know, I, I, I think shane no. uh you don't think so i, I think, think shane's ready to play i think shane has bought into the idea of working alongside Dino and Marion. And I think what we were saying about Kilani, in the sense of Kilani has backed her game, whether for better or worse, I think Shane is the same. Mm-hmm. I think Shane thinks he could sit next to Marion and win, sit next to Dino and win full or Kilani. And so if that, so I think that that's the case. And I think that Shane and Marion are closer than we've seen so far. That is my guess because they've played together. They have that bond. And if you think about it, that bond has been reaffirmed throughout this entire season. I don't think that either of them would, would necessarily want do to you turn think, on each other. Do you think Shane could beat Marion or Dino in the final tribal? Because I've, I've told Abraham, you know, my co- co-anchor here, um, I, I think Shane's a good enough speaker that I think he could convince some, some jurors here. I do I don't think so. And mm. I'll also just, I'll, I'll get very uh, technical here. If you look at the confessional count also, he has, yeah. he has a significantly lower confessional count than, no, definitely. than, than Dino, um, Phil and Marion. And so if he's in the final two with any of those three, I don't think he wins. I think okay. he only wins if he's against Kilani. Is, is, is my guess. But that's also just looking at how the story, the, the story mechanics and, you know, I don't know if if you follow Ejik, but Ejik doesn't work yeah, yeah. for Survivor South Africa. But I mean, the confessional count tells a story. You says it does. You say Ejik doesn't work for Survivor South no. Africa. Really? Hey, that's a good thing. No. It's probably a good thing. The, the storyline is very different. The the, so the Survivor South Africa storyline is: we will tell you what's happening on the island as it happens. So mm. if today Dante is the big player and Dante is the big player for three weeks until he's booted out. For those three weeks, you're going to think Dante is 100% winning because the story just follows him, right? Whereas in the US Survivor, the winner is always thread through the story. You know, if there's a fire happening at camp here, but the winner was sitting in the beach, somehow they integrate the winner into the story. Yeah. Because that's just how, uh, you know, what's required to make sure that the the winner stays relevant throughout all the narrative did did Um, you know who was winning 42 watching survivor 42 did you have a feeling who was going to win yes by by the time we got to this stage you could see you could see who who was going to win there's like this overwhelmingly positive (laughs) and yeah yeah so it becomes quite it becomes quite clear uh 41 was a bit it was a bit more difficult Mm mm-hmm um, but yeah, no, the edict definitely holds for, with the U.S. still. Well, so we continue around this no BS alliance. And before we get to the final tribal council of the week, um, Phil makes a comment here where he is building trust with Dino. He's he plans on giving Dino his idol to save, you know, to save him just in case. Um, but then 
he's like, I got to cut Dino next week. Dino's got to be gone. Has Phil waited too long to cut Dino loose? Because I think he has. I think Dino should have been gone. I would say before the Merrill vote, I think Dino should have should have been I gone. Think, I'd love to I hear think your opinion. You're spot on. Yeah, I think that um, Full has played the game perfectly, but with maybe two or three rounds too many left. Yeah, right. He has left himself as the tallest flower, the tallest poppy, um, for too many voting rounds. You know, he definitely should have kept Merrill. He should have kept yeah. Steffi. Yeah, Marion has done an excellent job of being a mastermind and hiding it. She has done amazingly well. No one realizes just how powerful Marion is. Oh, I do. Um, I really no, no, I mean, we do yeah. watching it at home. <laughs> yeah, I no, think like she has managed yeah. to just integrate. Like she, she is the reason the No Bullshit Alliance is no more. She yes. has just well, she's the reason the, the No Bullshit is no more, and the the full package is no more. In my yeah. opinion, it's, she is. She is so she is so good and backing her ability to integrate wherever she is, you know, toppling down these empires. And she, you know, she's that common thread through it all. Um, yeah, I think Phil has has left it too long to get rid of Dino. He should have kept other big threats around. Dino can hide behind Phil because they've been working together for so long. Dino can be like, I know I'm the threat, but this guy has done all the same stuff. And he's found idols, more, more idols than me, or the same amount of idols, and he's won immunities. How can I be the bigger threat, right? On top of that, Phil's biggest relationship is with Felix, who's now gone, and yeah. with Marion, right? And with Dino, but Phil has burnt the bridge with Dino by yeah, a yeah. Few, with a few silly And lies. with Marion, if you remember, Marion was like, I can't trust Phil anymore. I just can't yes. do it. And that's exactly it. Marion doesn't feel necessarily like Phil was ever number one because she's seen the relationship with Felix. Felix also did the same thing, made a mistake by getting rid of Merrill and Steffi, right? And I guess he had to get rid of, of, of Steffi to keep Mer Merrill around, but then he should have fought to keep Merrill around longer yeah, because he had no one else. And it was going uh, to be easy to keep Merrill. That, that's what throws me off. Like everyone who was in a rough position at the time of her vote off, I'm like, all you have to do is tell her about this plan of what you're doing. And she plays, you know, the advantage for herself, the tribal pass, and she goes back to camp and she's still in the game. So it, it was an easy position for everyone else remaining in the game to yeah. use Merrill as a number. Cause I think with who Merrill is as a person, I think if you saved her there, she would have been with you. And you know, the meta of, of survivors now, like you want, you almost want to risk having, two or three stronger people than you. Yeah. You know, as the numbers start dwindling, it's very much, if I look at it too, I always look at Adam Klein. Like I love the game. Adam. Yes. Klein played. Yes. It's and it's exactly that, you know, Dino and Marion are playing an Adam Klein game where there are strong uh, front runners up ahead. Right. And he, and literally biding his time and just waiting and waiting with the risk that if I look at millennials versus next, if David Wright had got to the end against Adam, David Wright would have won. And that is the risk that Adam had to take. Yeah. Right? Because David Wright is like a full, for example. Everyone knows, you know, doing exceptionally <clears throat> well in immunity has a great, str a strong chance of winning. If he gets to the end, he's probably going to win. So he has the biggest target on his back. Dino is sitting there saying, well, if I get rid of him, you know, I'm sitting pretty. And full doesn't really have that many options. 
So mm-hmm. D- Dino's playing a game of careful timing. Marion, Marion is also playing a game of very careful timing. It's high risk because also if the timing doesn't come off, you're sitting next to full, right? Or if you're ineffective, you've managed to get rid of full, but people perceive you as a goat. You yeah. Know? So how, how, how do you play a strategic game, but being very subtle and having three or four front runners ahead of you? That seems to be the survivor meta. If you look at 41 and 42, the winners also have a very similar yes, sort of yes. archetype. Very similar. And I mean, speaking about Phil and Marion here, first off, I think I said earlier this episode, I didn't know where Phil was going to be next week because he still has the idol. So I don't know. He doesn't. I made a mistake there. So he played it for Dino, um, kept his promise, which I missed what Dino said. And I'm mad about it. I caught the tail end of it when he was like, you know, I owe you an apology. And he's like denied. And we see when Phil is speaking next week, he's like, that was kind of, you know, he's kind of mad about Dino in, in, in that sense of he didn't trust him in a way. Um, and then Marion creates a fake idol nullifier. Uh, I mean, a lot of people this season creating a lot of fake stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it really changed the vote in a way. I want to say it didn't. Um, but she did create a fake one and kind of stir some stuff up. The vote tied between Felix and Killarney and like you said, Garen, I don't know if Killarney noticed anything. She might just, even if she doesn't have the troops to rally behind, is she just, this has been kind of a part of Killarney's game too. She might just forget about it as a whole and just go right back in the plane with everybody. Uh, Killarney but, is yeah. in a, it, it, I think, you know, I, I think Killarney, you know, dead in the water if full wins immunity again. I think she's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, right. I agree. Unless, yeah. unless Marion has a change of heart and wants to get rid of Dino. The only thing <clears> keeping if Dino, Dino wants in the game, to get rid of Marion. I don't. Th- do you think Dino has as much pull with Kilani as Marion has? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I think no, Marion could tell yeah. Kilani, let's get rid of Dino. But I think if Dino says to Kilani, let's get rid of Marion because full is safe, I don't think that happens. I mean, I, I could still see a finale of, I could still see a finale that would piss everybody off including the jury of a Shane and Killarney, if I'm being honest with you, because I think Phil's I think, the next yeah. target. And I think Shane is smart enough to, even though he, I mean, unless he says, I want to take Marion to the end, which I could see him doing as well with that relationship. And he's played a lot with his heart this season where I heard last time it wasn't as much with his heart, you know, it was just strictly the game. And he's spoken about this to a sense where he, he actually feels for these people now and stuff like that. But if if he's smart, Phil's next to go. If he doesn't win immunity, like you said, if he does, it'd be Killarney. But if Phil doesn't win immunity, I could see Shane saying, Killarney, we have to split those two up, yeah. turning them against each other in a way, um, which would obviously piss off a lot of fans. I think Killarney gets to the... If Killarney wins immunity at final five, I can't see how she doesn't get to that because she, now yeah. she's at a final four. And with her at a final four, it is, it is you know, all you need to do is side with her, vote for the same person, right? Two people are going to vote for Kilani. She goes to fire at the very least. And you have the chance of taking her to the end. I th- like, I have a lot of respect for these guys for, for, for wanting to take out or wanting to go with who they perceive to be the strongest players to the end. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. a bold strategy. It's a very bold strategy. Well, but I guess been, it also yeah. works if you're playing the survivor meta. If you're saying I need to have people to hide behind, then it's not actually a bold strategy. It's a smart thing to do because you don't you don't want to be the biggest threat right until the end. So it's, yeah. it's fascinating. So I, there's definitely a different out, 
outcomes that could come from this. Uh, Felix does go home here. Just throwing that out there real quick as we continue talking about uh, heading to the finale. Like you said, Kieran, everybody wants to see Marion and Dino. I think that's yeah. the outcome that everyone is hoping for. I think Phil versus Dino might be just as good. I think that would be great, but it'd be very emotional between the two. Now, you said Edgic doesn't work for Survivor South Africa. And I don't know how much you know. I know you have some connections with some people. I, but I was going to say, who do you think's at the strongest position like in the game? And also, can you tell, looking at the Edgic, don't tell us, but do you think you have a good idea of who's going to win this season? I don't have a good idea of who's going to win the season just because Survivor South Africa literally always throws up curveballs except yeah. for, for one season I've watched. Yeah. Um, I think best place is Marion. Okay, so I we're in agreement there. Yeah, she is firmly in the middle. And I think, you know, Dino getting to the end is conditional on Marion saving him, right? Because the next vote is easy. If full is available, full goes home. That's how I see it. Yeah. Once full is gone, the only thing saving Dino is either winning immunity or Marion. Because Marion, I think, has Shane, and I think she has Kilani more than Dino. Okay, that's no, that's a great, great way to put it. Uh, say Phil wins the next two immunities, though. I mean, where so, does that where does that put everyone? Because I haven't really seen anyone really be able to compete with phil maybe dino if it's like a puzzle which we can assume there's going to be some puzzles but besides that i haven't even seen anyone as close to phil on these challenges that's a you know that's a great question i'd say if phil wins the next one my my guess would be kilani yeah i would think kilani instantly yeah i think it's a great table setting a bit of peace where everyone votes for kilani thinks whoo you know we're all aligned (laughs) the next the next one art is is absolute chaos again and then if phil wins and it's marion dino Someone would go um, to fire, right? Marion, D- yeah, Shane and... Yeah, Marion, Dino, Shane, full. I would imagine that Dino goes home. Mm-hmm. I would okay. imagine that Dino goes home because full would, would think, I need to differentiate myself from Dino. Well, Phil wants to get Dino out of the game, yeah. And, Mar- and the question then is, is Marion going to save Dino by siding with Dino and going to fire when Dino votes for shane i guess or i don't know would dino vote for marion it is very tough <laughs> i actually have no idea like it's i don't know where dino would put place his vote if dino is in that position he probably votes for marion mm-hmm. and he tries to canvas with shane and phil that marion is a bigger threat than he is okay is my guess and it'd be that, fire that would... it'd be fire finals excuse me it'd be fire final three right i said if it, so phil would win the second immunity there'd be another vote and no, then they so do. there'd be fire final four. Okay, final four. Because it gotcha. could be a two-two. Okay. And then final final three, whoever wins immunity costs the only vote. Okay, so it's like the classic survivor then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I I mean I like. That's gonna be nice. I mean, I love the fire making too and like earning your spot, but I also like that where you do like a final epic challenge and it's like earn your spot. And so I mean, I think they both work, but this season has been incredible. And the last question I have for you, Kieran, here is you said who you think, you know, is in the best position in the game. And this might be a boring answer. You might say the exact same. And it's kind of a two part. 
who would you be casting your vote for out of any of these five people right this second? Who would you cast? And it's the same thing. Who would you want like to win as a whole? They, they might be different. You might say, so, I cast yeah. My, yeah. So my winner pick going in was Dino because, mm-hmm. you know, I know him great player season eight representative. I think he has all the, all, all the goods to win. And I thought that when we played together, um, who would I be casting my vote for now? It depends on who's in the final. If it's yeah. Marion versus Dino, if, if, That'd it's be one a dilemma other, yeah. if it's one without the other, I'm voting for either of them. If it's the two of them together. Comes down to the speech. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Could not agree more. So, Kieran, thank you so much. I know we've went a little bit over like an hour here. It always happens. I can speak Survivor <laughs> no, no with problem everyone. At all, Randy. <laughs> I could speak Survivor all day. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I know uh, we've been trying to get you on. We've been super excited. Uh, we would love to have you again. You have an open invitation. And I know Abraham was really looking forward to speaking with you. So I know he's going to want to get uh, with you sometime and speak with you. But one more time, go check out his podcast. Just letting you guys know the self stars podcast. You can catch it wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. And then Kieran, where can uh, fans find you on Instagram and social and stuff? So on Instagram, they can find me at Kieran underscore Naidu and on Twitter at Naidu underscore Kieran. Now that handles were taken, so I couldn't get the same one. <laughs> I, I feel that. Well, Kieran, again, thank you so much, man. It was oh, thank a you for having me, Randy. You're a natural podcaster, man. Natural. Oh, thank you so much. So are you. So are you. I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing how the podcast grows over the coming years. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the rest of your evening.